Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Outdoor PM School podcast, where we explore product management careers in the outdoor industry. We talk with PMs from top outdoor industry brands and ask them about their career path, what it's really like to be a PM, and any advice they would give others aspiring to follow the same path. My name is Dawson Westensko, and I'll be your host. During episode 12, I talked with Tucker Barney, the global product line manager of goggles at Smith Optics. Tucker grew up in small town Idaho and played college baseball at the University of Puget Sound. After graduation, he worked in international finance before following a career more aligned with his passions. He found his way to the Masters in Sports Product Management program at the University of Oregon, and Tucker later joined the Smith Optics team as the global product line manager for helmets. This episode is brought to you by Betagraph Consulting, a fractional product management and sustainability consulting group based in Bozeman, Montana. Check out betagraph.co to learn more. Hi, Tucker. Welcome to the podcast. Stoked to be here. Maybe you could just give everybody a little bit of your background, what you're doing right now, and how you got into the industry and into product management. I've always considered myself to be an adventure uh, daily dream chaser, if you will. And that really comes from the time I could walk my grandfather and my dad, making sure that I had a pair of skis on my feet in the wintertime and a fishing rod in my hands in the summertime and everything in between, you know, growing up in Idaho comes with uh, fishing, hunting, outdoors, again, skiing. And so really grew up you know, jostling for position in early morning lift lines and getting the boat in the water on the Snake River at zero dark 30. And through those experiences and my grandfather and my dad really learned to be a steward to our wild places and also learn from them how to fearlessly chase after what comes next. And for me, again, are those daily dreams and really what I wanted to be doing with my life. So my early career and undergraduate really have eight, now nine years of experience in relationship building, team leadership, and project execution. I was lucky enough to join the University of Oregon's sports product management master of science program. And it's really through that program that I was able to take the skills that I had developed professionally and marry them with what I had always been passionate about. And that is the outdoors and ultimately the gear that facilitates our fun out there. After graduating from that program, had an amazing opportunity uh, to work for a marketing agency as a brand manager here in Portland, working with some super fun outdoor fishing boat brands and ski brands. was able to help lead and produce the Northwest premiere, get stoked for winter extravaganza called Snowvana, and then also helped the folks over there uh, launch a ski pass called the Indie Ski Pass, which is all about bringing the spirit of skiing back to the forefront in North America at small independent resorts. Also had an opportunity during my time in grad school to work with the guys over at True Gear, Kina is kind of a PLM, assistant PLM, working on some of their uh, backpacks they're doing with a brand called Truce, an, an arm of that company, uh, as well as working on, you know, ski jackets and, and bibs and things like that. I was able to land 
really a dream gig at a company I've looked up to, you know, my entire life being an Idaho boy, and that is Smith Optics. For the last year, had the amazing opportunity of leading our global helmet product line. And just a few weeks ago, had an opportunity to move over horizontally and lead our global goggle line. It's really the, the path and, and how I got to where I am today. Such a great brand uh, with a lot of exciting things happening at, at the brand with new categories. And it's been interesting to watch the brand uh, progress over the last few years. I'd love to go a little bit further back too. And, you know, you mentioned this master's program, which is fantastic. And I'm, I think a lot of people are going to be interested to hear, you know, how that experience helped you get into these different opportunities and kind of how it prepared you to get into product management. But also, I'd love to go back before that. What were you working on before going into program? And did your undergrad, maybe you could walk us back there and talk about how you evolved from, from what you were doing in undergrad to eventually saying, hey, I'm going to try and be a part of this master's program. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So did my undergrad at the University of Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington, uh, was recruited to play baseball there and got into the kind of honors business program they have there called the Business Leadership Program. Had minors in math and economics. My senior thesis was in sports law as well as financial statement analysis. Believe it or not, being in the outdoor industry with my long hair now today embracing who I really was back then, it was a suit and tie, uh, you know, working financial statement analysis and my original path, international commercial real estate, doing exactly that financial analysis and quickly realized that I was good at that and really lucky to have those financial analysis, you know, skill sets, obviously everything we work within, you know, gross margin, making sure things are good for the business, good for the consumer and, and athlete first, obviously, but you got to keep the lights on. And so having that background in, in financial statement analysis has proved to be really helpful. But back then, I, again, still didn't really know and driven by those passions instilled in me by my grandfather and my dad and realizing just because I was good at financial statement analysis and I could wrap my head around this commercial real estate, international commercial real estate thing. And even had some incredible opportunities. I got to live abroad for a summer working in Warsaw, Poland. Definitely door was open and it was tempting, but had this internal tug that I knew I needed to get back to something that I really loved day in and day out was intrinsically beneficial for me, needed to be part of my life. Really, you know, people talk about work-life balance and and there's obviously healthy levels of that, but I really wanted to live my work and vice versa. Really questioning how to get into the outdoor industry and, and what I was going to do after undergrad, you know, again, looking for that intrinsic benefit. I had the, the opportunity to go and give back and work for my fraternity's headquarters after undergrad. I promise it's it's a real job. I did work for, uh, again, my, my fraternity's <laughs> headquarters. And you should have seen the look on my dad's face when I you know, told him I was going to go work for my fraternity. But what a lot of people don't know is fraternities are 501c3 organizations. And I was really fortunate to be a part of an organization that was different and trying to do things different and really found it on and trying to move forward on the basis of building 
young leaders and building, you know, leaders for tomorrow through that uh, experience. It was only further ingrained in me that I needed to be doing something that I truly loved and truly believed in and worked for the fraternity for about three years after undergrad, uh, first as a recruiter, starting new chapters on various campuses across the country in Canada, and then eventually was able to work essentially as our director of business development, implementing a new business targeting strategy, essentially, and mining new relationships, again, across the U.S. and Canada, um, really finding universities that believed in what we were trying to do and founding those new groups. At that point, when you started down that path, did you were you just squarely aimed at outdoor industry? Was it outdoor industry product? Did you know this product management thing was something you were interested in, or you just knew you wanted to be around the things that you love to do and you weren't sure how that would fit in? That time really wasn't sure how the puzzle pieces were going to come together, right? Sitting there having these skill sets and having these passions and to a certain degree like kind of at a loss to what what it really looked like for me because not really feeling like any position that I'd learned of. And again, at that time, not knowing really what a PLM does at that time, kind of searching for how that fit in. And every job description I read had a lot of the things I wanted to be working on, but perhaps not all of them. And so, you know, I remember toward the end of my time at the fraternity working on my transition into my next professional step and, you know, job searching, I eventually, you know, started coming across this job description for product managers, PLMs, you know, various organizations have different nomenclature for it. But ultimately I found this job description and I was like, this is it. Like, this is all of the pieces of what I want to be doing. And now I just need to figure out how to get in. And that was the really interesting thing because all of my skill sets matched across the board. Um, I believed anyway, right. Believing in myself, I should say, I, I thought that I had had what it took professionally, but I didn't have the direct experience. I had all these like experiences and like applicable skill sets, but no direct experience within product creation and and within the outdoor industry. You know, you talk about how fortunate I was to move through the SPM program with University of Oregon. I got hit with a, a Google display ad, you know, perfectly targeted, you know, whether it was my my search terms or what, you know, searching for these jobs and applying for these jobs and not hearing back by the way, on those jobs that I thought I was suited for. The SPM program hit me with this targeted ad and I was like, holy smokes, what is this? And clicked on it, started diving in and learned about, you know, I ultimately ended up being part of the third cohort to go through the program. They're now in their fifth or sixth cohort. And, you know, really lucky I I had an opportunity and connected, you know, shout out to Caden Stevens for, for giving me a shot and, you know, Ellen Devlin Schmidt, one of the founders of that program worked with, uh, you know, Bill Bowerman at Nike in the early, early days has some incredible, incredible learnings to apply to this industry. And they really founded that program based around 
exactly the experience I was going through. And a lot of the folks that moved through my cohort had a similar story to mine in terms of they had these like applicable skill sets, but didn't necessarily have doors open to them because they didn't have direct experience or even necessarily how to apply their experience within this space. It's been interesting to watch that program develop and just product management in general to develop. When I was interested trying to get into the industry and trying to figure out what that would look like, there were no programs. Um, There was nothing outdoor industry focused or even really product management focused. And so it's been interesting to see product management as a role within, you know, other industries continue to evolve and become more popular and become more defined. And then also this little niche of specific outdoor industry, which again is really its its own unique, uh, unique skill set and way of developing product and physical product is so distinct and really cool to be part of the early days of that program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super lucky to be a part of that. And We've talked about previously, part of that has to do with the fact that it's so dynamic from company to company. It's so dynamic from even the individual lanes within the industry from, you say, outdoor and under that umbrella, there's so much and how ultra hikers are, and product managers within that space are using their product versus how skiers are using you know, the hard goods of their bindings and boots, even just within outdoor. And that program, again, covering all sport product management. And would say the cohorts are now pretty evenly split, you know, 50-50 outdoor and traditional, what I would call, you know, kind of more traditional sports and and team sports. Graham, again, having this incredible opportunity to learn from both sides of that, applying outdoor to traditional and, and vice versa and learning from those against each other was such an incredible time for me. And I think a lot of us, again, searching for what that springboard was going to be to get into these industries. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's a good point because a lot of people might not quite understand that distinction between sports, athletic sports versus outdoor, whereas the core traditional outdoor activities are things like cycling, rock climbing, camping, hiking, you know, those types of activities. You also have these very similar industries. And I would say on both sides, on one side, you have like fashion. As an industry that, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot in common and there's more and more crossover. When you see the North Face and when you see Solomon on, on the runway, you know, there's there's an overlap, right? And how develop is how product totally. is created and developed and trend and and Absolutely. design and, and all those things, right? So that's kind of one periphery. And then the other periphery is really this athletic sports, which again you mm-hmm. have um, and, and that's more clear now as companies like Nike and Adidas um, and Under Armour are moving in the direction of trying to capture some of that outdoor, you know, a piece of the outdoor industry where that wasn't happening 10 years ago, you know, so there's, right. there's more right. overlap now in people that have worked in both industries and Nike is the way into the outdoor industry now. Right. And so, yeah. Uh, and there's, and there's plenty of people that have sort of gone that path. And again, a lot of similarities with the execution is different. The market is different, but there's a lot of similarities with kind of how things are done. So when you got into that program, you started digging in and were you focused on product management? I know there's a little bit of overlap with sort of design development, product management, where there's some, you know, all of those are sort of addressed to some degree. Were you focused or did you find your way to product management during the program? I definitely found my way to product management 
during the program and really even through the program had these two interests in kind of the back end. You know, I'm a self-professed, again, lifetime experience of storytelling and having that interest in the go-to-market strategy and actually, you know, taking ready-to-rock product and, and really figuring out great ways to authentically communicate it to the market. And this interest, again, in, in making and being involved in the ID phase and the prototyping and development and engineering that really is line management, you know, through the program had both of these interests. You know, at a deeper level, though, the program does expose everyone that goes through it to all facets of the development process, whether it's the very front end of mining for athlete insights and identifying problems to be solved at, you know, a consumer athlete level on the front end, and then taking that information and insight into the ID and design phase and having exposure to what that looks like. And then seeing that product come to life through ID and design and then shifting it into the development and engineering phase. And what does it look like? Okay, it's great that it looks beautiful and, and it, it seems realistic, but how do we actually build it and make it and prototype it? And then how do we actually scale it? So then the exposure to development was shifted over to exposure of logistics and mm -hmm. supply chain management and, you know, through those components, right. Ensuring gross margins and MOQs and, and having the exposure. And that's where really the master of science comes from. We all went through, you know, human physiology and the body's interaction with sport product and, and learning how to do testing through that space. And then, actually, again, this making and developing phase and then the deep dive into the finances of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody in our program, whether it was a designer or a developer, we were all side by side in our mm -hmm. making lab. You know, it's a really world-class lab where some of the machines you would only see in factories abroad. Mm -hmm. And so even if you were a finance supply chain guy or gal on the front end, you were still going through ID insight. Um, and then again, and taking it all the way through the process and, and through that go-to-market strategy, mm -hmm. uh, storytelling component as well. Yeah. And there are a lot of folk who are from outside the industry. So I want to identify one of those terms, which is ID, which in my world, I mean, stands for industrial design. I've typically, it's traditionally, it means design for manufacture. What it tends to mean a lot of times is sort of the 3D aspect of it. Like you're, you know, typically if you're doing something that's in hard goods, you're, there's a design phase where it's in 2D and it sketches and then the ID phase. And again, maybe you have a different understanding of this, but the ID phase comes in when really the 3D and sort of the tooling and a little bit of the engineering starts to come in at, during the development process. Again, just for folks who may not be familiar with that term, and correct me if you have a different understanding of that. No, term. absolutely, and and it's funny you mentioned that. You know, right? We talked earlier on about the fact that a product manager is different from company to company, and that's also why it's hard to teach to this. You know, it's it's so dynamic, and you know, for me, really, ID truly meaning through the design phase before moving into that DFM, that, that handoff to, from design to engineering um, and really, you know, 
how we work our process currently. And DFM um, being really designed, be designed for manufacture. Yes, exactly. So I see ID as the handoff from design when engineering is then taking ID to prepare it and build DFM designed for manufacturing. Yep. Turn it into um, an actual actual 3D product or, exactly. or, or model instead of a 2D sketch that gives you aesthetics, but it doesn't, you know, you don't have to define the radius or, you know, figure out how the lens clips into the goggles. That's the part that's sort of ironed out an ID. It's like a pre-engineering phase for like molding yeah. product typically. Totally. Totally. Yep. yep. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So what, what, one other so, question I wanted to ask you about. So I noticed during the program, you worked at the North Face as a sales associate. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I really emphasize the need for seeing things sold at retail and really having that perspective. You know, we talk about go-to-market strategy, but that's really not even the end of and and actually you know not to continue diving down the rabbit hole but really end process is end of life of the product right once the consumer is done using it but in terms of handoff from brand product to consumer really that retail relationship is so important and there was a lot of encouragement for us in the program to get experience within retail and see what it's like for athletes, customers to come and touch and feel and buy and understand, you know, we get so, we almost put blinders on and we think everybody looks at products like we do at a component level and analyzing the performance function of trims and, you know, seam seals and whatever the case may be. It's, it's good to understand that consumers, how consumers are actually buying. And so, you know, again, life, I, I've had an amazing opportunity to work with brands I've looked up to my whole life and really chased after an opportunity at the North Face retail store as a brand, I also, you know, really admire and look up to. And again, having that ability to learn product on the front end was really crucial to me. And in undergrad, I'd actually paid my way through a summer working at finish line selling shoes. So this was my second, you know, iteration of retail and finding retail really fun as well. I know a lot of people think it can be a grind and it is, it's hats off to anybody that works retail, especially during right now during the holiday season. But you just learn so much, not only about the product, but about consumers and, you know, fellow athletes and outdoor enthusiasts. And then ultimately learning that, you know, while they might not look at product the same way we do, they are analyzing it in their own ways. They might not have the technical definitions down. Some consumers do. Some consumers, you know, at the North Face would come in and ask me questions about product and show that they clearly knew more than I did, you know, in my short time there. The retail experience is always something that I encourage other people to take part in. It works on not only learning about product and consumers, but your relationship skills and your sales skills at a very granular level. Mm -hmm. um, and really enjoyed my time there 
And I just wanted to highlight that. I didn't realize that that was encouraged in the program, but I, you know, totally agree that that boots on the ground experience, both selling to actual retailers and buyers and understanding what that dynamic is like. And I think that's sometimes overlooked because as a product manager and as a brand, you really do have two customers. Right. You have mm-hmm. the, you have the buyer who is a customer. They look for certain things. They're interested in certain things. They have certain opinions. You have to take that into account when creating a line plan and developing product. And you really have to understand how the end consumer looks at that product, how they analyze it, what's important to them. And you really don't know that unless you see it firsthand and experience it. And, and a lot of people might not know, you know, one of the things that I think is super valuable for product managers, especially in a new category or in a new industry is going and working retail and, or just talking to customers on the floor, watching how they interact with salespeople. What questions do they answer? It is an incredible amount of, of really valuable information. And I think sometimes I don't want to say overemphasize, but many times we think that if we're a user of the product, we sort of understand the customer. Which helps, <laughs> yeah. Which helps, right? But I, but the customer retail oh, but it experience also hinders it. It does, yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. So that's why I wanted to highlight that. I think that's fantastic. And anyone who is interested in this career path, I think, don't downplay those opportunities to learn and to grow and to develop understanding and knowledge and just how to talk to customers and how to observe what they want and what they like and what they're interested in. Absolutely, man. I you know, literally makes the hair on my arms raise up, you know, you bringing up that point because it's amazing to have ingrained knowledge and to be, for me, right, a skier working on products and a mountain biker working on products for other skiers and mountain bikers, you sometimes think you know what people want because you think it's what you want, but you really, checking your ego at the door was one of the first things that the program taught us and really that we're all shades of the target consumer, all of us working on the product, you know, likely believe in it in some fashion and, and have our own vision of what we believe it to look like, but really having to take ourselves out of our own shoes. And again, checking that ego a little bit that this product ultimately, again, isn't just for us. It's, we're a shade of who it's for and realizing what that full picture of the target consumer looks like is so, so crucially important. And like you immediately called out here was you can really gain a lot of that recognition at retail. I could not emphasize that point enough. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's super interesting. So from there, again, you graduated from the program, you went into some of this branding and marketing, which in a lot of ways, there's a lot of similarities. And it's a skill set that definitely gets applied in in product management and strategic thinking and go to market as you kind of laid out there. So I wanted to get a little bit more into a global uh, product line manager position that first one you had doing helmets. Was it like for you? Like that first six months? Was it what you thought it was going to be? Even just thinking about my first six months as a a PLM really gets my heart racing. Mind you, it's in very recent memory as I was just lucky enough to join the Smith Optics team last year. And so coming on as the Helmet PLM only for a couple months and then having obviously this pandemic move through our lives in a lot of ways and very much so disrupting 
everyone's industry, no matter what you're involved in, you know, really being there for a couple months. And then, you know, in March, one Friday, we all went home and we weren't sure if we were coming back to work on Monday. And here we are nine months later, still working from home. And so certainly a whirlwind, you know, my first six months at, at the brand and learning a new role and having a lot of these skill sets built up through my previous professional experience, the program, working with True Gear and the Indie Pass and everything, having a lot of skills, but then being lucky enough to join the team at Smith was stepping up to the big leagues. Now I was managing a global line and was so excited to get ingrained in that and nerd out on it uh, and learn it at a minute level and was getting into really good flow. And then like a lot of us, again, the, the pandemic hit and really disrupted everything we were doing, but was able to learn an immense amount in the first six months. Mm -hmm. So super interesting, you know, taking work remotely when we work on physical products was really interesting through the first six months. And so as you look at the time that you spent in the master's program, and then you think about those first six months, was there anything where you just said, man, this is the biggest surprise for me, or this is the biggest thing that I didn't see coming based on what I thought the role was going to be like? Yeah, I, I guess lucky is my buzzword of, of the year. Um, really lucky to feel like through the program, I had had exposure to everything that I needed to. And even, you know, the program very astutely recognizes that they have this emphasis on apparel and footwear. And both within, again, the outdoor space and, and some more of the traditional spaces, running basketball, baseball, team sports, etc. Again, heavy emphasis both on outdoor as well as, uh, you know, some more of these traditional sports and supporting us through that via apparel and footwear and now working on hard goods, right? One might think from an outside perspective that, that that could be a surprise, but really those of us that come into the program driven to work on hard goods, and there's quite a few of us, there's even been a backpack brand founded out of the, the program, really technical modular backpacks, and again, very hard goods based. And it, that's just one example. And, and really the program was able to facilitate that additional passion, if you will. A lot of meetings with my you know, lab professor, Greg Leedy, a Nike legend and, and footwear expert, but also you know, helped me network and get introduced to people that were working in the hard goods space and learning how to look and observe within the hard goods, right? A lot of the basics, as you've mentioned before, are applicable across the product categories. And so a lot of the basics are the same. And, and many times it's just, it's longer lead times and a bit more complicated like we talked about as well, ID and engineering phases, tooling, right, is a whole new ball game as well. And so uh, knew that that was going to be a gap with an emphasis, but then yet the program was still able to support me to learn that space because I immediately knew I wanted to work on hard goods, right? And even looking at the apparel and backpacks I worked on at True Gear, really looking at them more as you know, technical pieces and looking at them almost more to an eye like 
a hard good and understanding the more technical components and features and, and operation of. Not a whole lot of surprises for me personally, because again, I was lucky enough to have the support to not only be exposed to the product creation process end to end, but also within my category of really wanting to chase after hard goods. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part of being product manager? So I would say the favorite thing is really everything <laughs> to be a little cliche. And by that, I mean, being able to touch all facets of the product creation process. Again, through that education at the program, being able to touch everything, but then really living it within the product management space. Again, whether it be mining for that athlete inside and working with the athletes to figure out the problems to be solved or the first iterations of design, you know, ID and prototyping and development, and then assisting with the handoff, you know, once a product is is ready to rock, the handoff for the go-to-market strategy on the backside, right? You can make something really cool, but at the end of the day, you got to be able to tell the story. And so, you know, feel really lucky as, as a PM product line manager to be able to have a touch point across all of that. And that's really what I was always searching for, right? I talked earlier about reading a lot of job descriptions that had most of the things that I wanted, but not everything. And then really having that serendipitous moment of figuring out what a PLM does. And and that's been my my favorite part is really, again, being able to, to learn and work cross-collaboratively across mm-hmm. all, all the spaces within product creation. Um, and again, just being able to facilitate these amazing teams across those spaces. That's That's my favorite part of the job is the to take it a step further is all the people involved with these different components of the process mm-hmm. and had a ha- have had an amazing time working with some incredible teams, you know, at fish marketing and, and the Indy pass and true gear and, and the North face retail, like the people are what make our industry. And so not only exposure to the different facets of the process, but each of the individuals, that specialize in those parts of the process as well. So now the hard question is what is your least favorite part or, or what do you find to be the most challenging? As an eternal optimist, like it's pretty tough for me to find a least favorite part specific to my situation in the last year, my least favorite part of, and I talk about how important the people and the team are to me, you know, having our factory partners abroad and, and, the helmet factories that I was working with on helmet all being in China, you know, really something lost there with not being able to go visit them and work with them individually in their space. I'd say that has been my least favorite part is just the impact of this last year, taking away some of those really important touch points in, in seeing our factory partners in person. I think the product management role is so team oriented and it's it depends so heavily on relationships that that if you're in a situation where you can't fully leverage that then it's hard you know so it it definitely impacts being able to do the work as you look at the projects you've been able to work on anything stand out as as your favorite product or your favorite project we might have to circle back in in 22 23 to talk about it more and i can talk about it in general terms was super lucky to come in at a time 
to work on a project with some of the athletes I've looked up to, you know, my entire life in a space that I really find myself aligning with. And so to answer a bit cryptically, like I've had a really awesome experience being able to come in at, at a time that was very serendipitous to me. And we should sort go back in 22, 23 to talk about that product. Um, but for the sake of actually giving you a real answer and not just a non-answer, <laughs> the, the product I can talk about that's been amazing to work through was the launch of our first ever full-face downhill enduro-style mountain bike helmet, the main line. And coming in on the back end of that development process and helping things get finished up and, and bring that to market again through a pandemic that did complicate the supply chain of the launch of that product. It did delay it. Um, and so had a lot of learning experiences through that. Uh, but once the helmet did get to market have had some incredible feedback from that. And, you know, as a mountain biker myself it was super, super fun to be able to get out and ride in this pinnacle piece and really seeing what our teams were capable of. Um, and knowing that going into all of my new projects, this is the same type of thing that we could be chasing. And that is, you know, trying to, to set the bar for the industry even higher. So yeah, really, really incredible piece that I was lucky enough to come in on the back end of. And as you look at the people that you worked with during your program and the people you've worked with in your career so far, what do you think makes the best PM? It's your ability to, again, check that ego at the door and understand, again, that you're a shade of the target consumer, but being able to remove yourself from it and look at it from that analytical side, you know, from a more emotional side, being able to say, you don't know, or you don't understand, like, please help me understand. And that's where we talk about product line management is that ability to work cross collaboratively with the different teams cross functionally. And when you are trying to be the nucleus of, you know, the triad in a very traditional format and triad being design development and, and product management also slash merchandising that when you're moving through all these different spaces and having exposure and touch points across that full product creation process, you have to be able to say you don't understand something and having the team members that you know you can lean on to help you move through that so that you can all get better and you can all learn what it is exactly that's going on doesn't just apply to PLMs. It applies, I think, within every industry. That's something I've tried to lean hard on. And in my younger years, a lot harder for me to ask for help. And I would think that learning to say, I don't know, being willing to raise your hand and ask questions is, to me, the the ultimate success factor within product management. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think the leaders in product that I've seen really be the most successful, they have an insane amount of experience across a lot of diverse areas, but they also have the ability to ask questions without feeling self-conscious about asking those questions about saying, for sure, I'm totally capable of understanding this. I'm not admitting weakness by asking a question. 
I'm just digging in so that I can really understand. And that comes through in the way that they ask questions and go about like learning. And I agree that that is a major uh, skill and very important, both in leadership and specifically in product management. Being able to drill in on those things as well, right? That's what makes a great product. What is the reason to be? And knowing what right questions to ask to really drill in and define what those things are. So not only, you know, on one side, is it just the ability to say you don't understand something, but also on the flip side, the ability to understand something and your consumer, ultimately your athlete, understanding them so much, you know what the problem to be solved is and asking those clarifying questions to really drill in and define what are you trying to accomplish um, because ultimately that is what is going to make a successful product in the market. I think asking questions, I agree. You've accepted that just because even if you are a hardcore user of whatever activity you're discussing, it doesn't mean that you know everything. And it doesn't mean that you, mm-hmm. that you, like you said, that you are the main consumer. So there's this humility that you need in order to ask those questions. But it's so important that you that you learn that so that you can both understand all these different parts of the process and truly understand people's motivations, why and how they do things. Cause you're never going to understand that if you're not willing to, to ask questions and to have that moment where you say, yeah, well, I don't understand that. Explain that to me or, or, you know, position that in a different way. Why are you doing this? Or I wanted to ask you too, are there any books that you've read that have been impactful from a career standpoint or product management or just how you look at the world? I think that learning from lanes and industries outside of our own is how, you know, real progress is made. And that obviously is by no means groundbreaking. So for me, a lot of my large reading is more philosophical spaces across various industries or, or novel reading. The two books I would really point to one industry direct and and one a bit abstract. Um, one of those being Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Schnard, right? A lot of people in the industry, outdoor industry, look to that book as somewhat of a Bible. Ultimately, it was a manual for employees, right, at its origins, and has been a pretty incredible piece come out to the industry, not just be kept internally, and, and a lot of amazing things to be learned from that and an ethos that that Patagonia lives out, right? Sharing a lot of what they're doing so others can learn from it. And that book really driving towards the intrinsic factors. It's a common theme for a lot of us, right? And understanding what it really means to be doing these things and what it means to be building product, understanding the impact that has philosophically out of industry. I always tend to point towards my favorite book of all time, and that's The Monkey Wrench Gang, if you're familiar with that book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's, you know, I've always grown up wanting to be a cowboy. My, My family has a heavy history in the Pendleton Roundup in Oregon. And so a big part of me seeing myself, you know, as a, as a modern day cowboy, just with, uh, you know, skis as my snow pony and, and my dirt pony on my uh, mountain bike, but also just a fun take on what it means to move through our space, right? And, and that is the environment and nature, right? And, and understanding that our products have an impact on 
nature and space. And so a lot of common themes between, you know, my two top picks with let my people go surfing and, and monkey wrench gang. Then the third piece of, of really technical, I would say information. I find that LinkedIn more and more provides so much breadth of information to learn from, like I said, various industries, you need to look outside. And I, I learn a lot from what's going on in the automotive space as they graduate towards EV. You know, there's a really incredible company out there called Canoe that's developing this modular skateboard system for cars and reading, you know, everything that's SpaceX is trying to do commercializing space. And again, a lot of product developers, product managers within the outdoor space, as well as the traditional spaces of, you know, footwear and apparel and fashion as well, right? We talked about fashion earlier on and sports industry is normally a couple of years behind fashion. And now, you know, you called out earlier seeing Solomon and Black Diamond on the runway and, you know, understanding how those other industries apply to us. There's something to be learned from all of them. And I find the best library of that information is LinkedIn. And once again, common theme by proxy, that's coming from the people in the industry. And really, you know, that's what makes our industry what it is. Those would be what I would choose for you. Cool. A lot of people listening are interested in pursuing a similar career path. What advice would you give them? Chase it absolutely fearlessly, no matter how much you doubt yourself and other people will question what you're doing. You know, a lot of people throughout my path, you're great at finance and accounting and financial. You have this amazing start within international commercial real estate. But at the end of the day, you have to be happy with what you're doing. And if you have that internal tug, knowing you have to chase your intrinsic dreams, just get after it in any way that you can. There are people that you can learn from, programs like mine, the internet, you know, it's incredible what you can learn. There are ways to do it and absolutely just get after it as much as you can. Don't lose sight of it. Just go for it. We have the skills, we have the passion. And ultimately, yeah, my biggest piece of advice is if that's how you feel, don't let anybody, yourself included, tell you differently. Just get after it. One of the things I would point out about your background is that you identified pretty early on that this was the direction that you wanted to go, or at least you had an outline of what that meant. But you also didn't sit around and wait until that perfect position at Smith came your way, right? For sure. For you, sure. You identified what you wanted. And everything you did along the way took you a step closer. You worked to earn that opportunity. And I think that's really important for people to understand because having a clear vision for yourself doesn't mean necessarily waiting for it to come your way or not doing anything else until it comes your way, but creating that opportunity and and doing the things that will bring that opportunity in the future Thanks a lot today. I learned a lot. I really appreciate the time. And I think it's been really illustrative to see how you've progressed, how you found your way into that uh, master's program, and then how you were able to move and evolve into the current role, I think is, is great. Kudos for all the hard work and the success. And I think it's really helpful to other people who are looking to follow a similar path. 
Thanks, Dawson. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully can help some other people chase after their dreams because that's what it's all about. Kudos to you for doing something like this, trying to help facilitate people get to where we've been lucky to get to. Thank you for this. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Tucker. You as well, Dawson. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor PM School. Are you interested in a career in outdoor industry product management? Check out OutdoorPMSchool.com to learn more about how we help. Thank you.